squares. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland, the home of the team that finished second in the Premier League. That's not bad. I'm not clutching at straws. That's not bad. We've just made a podcast decision. If we swear, they demonetise us. So we've had a whip round. We've raised a fiver and we're going to swear a lot. <laughs> With me this afternoon to talk about this game for nearly seven minutes till we all lose the will to live and bugger off is Carl and Stan. How are you doing, Carl? It's been a while. Danny, here is £20. I <laughs> shall send it to you. So, as you can tell, you know where this is going today. But apart from that, I'm fine. <laughs> Stan, are you going to be paying me in Canadian dollary dues? I was about to ask you, do you accept Canadian dollars? Because <laughs> I've got a few <laughs> money jar. Just send it over to Canadian Jeff because uh, help him towards his, his his next trip over to the UK. Um, right, it is that was fucking atrocious. But oh, there's a you know, you some, sometimes in life you've got to take the positives. And I'm going to go around to each of you and I want to know what your positives were today. Mine was I sold my Lovejoy box set for 50 quid. I sold a pack of Top Trumps, the horror ones, for 32 quid. And I sold a Pokemon card for six quid. There you go. And my... My Uber Eats, Deliveroo, KFC got her in 19 minutes, Cole. Can you top that? You ordered KFC from Deliveroo and Uber Eats? No, deli- uh, Uber Eats. No, Deliveroo. I don't touch Uber Eats. Don't trust them. Get their sticky fingers on my chicken. I ain't having it. Right. Um, yeah. Today was a bit of a, a, a shower. Uh, today, it was not the best, to be honest. Quickly. Um at least I have okay, cleared my garden, so that's that's a bonus, obviously. And I spent all day in my garden. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm a bit tanned. Um, and came in just to watch the Arsenal game. And what a shower that was! It was <laughs> atrocious. Everything was bad from the team lineup. I'm sorry, Arteta needs to take the hit for that. The starting lineup was absolutely. I don't think the players knew what they were doing. Um, it was just from minute one to minute 97, just really atrocious. And I understand that he wants to experiment. And that's fine. You can experiment and stuff. Yeah, no worries. And But I can't remember. I think it was Josh who said it in our group. He goes, he'd rather do it now than in a friendly. Well, that's what friendlies are for. Like, wait till the end of the season. It is what it is. However, um, today just showed the lack of depth that we have. And at Arsenal, and I've said it before, we have a mentality problem. Why is it that towards the business end of the season, we just lose the will, we lose the plot. We just cannot have that fighting spirit. It happened last season, happened this season. There is something not right at Arsenal when the chips are down. Something is wrong. And I really hope Arteta addresses it in the summer. Well put. Stan, you got anything that's uh, cheered you up today that apart from the football? Not really, because like, I got out of bed at quarter past nine in the morning and the football started at half past nine. 
So it was the first thing that I've had today is that I suppose the egg and bacon banjo that the missus made me at half time was a nice little pick me up, you know? So no, not really. I've got the rest of the day to try and find some joy. <laughs> nearly eight o'clock here. We're nearly done. The, the chances of us finding any joy is quite slim. Ah, oh, right, Carl. Formation. Um, I'm still not sure after watching the game what formation it was. I think it was it was a back four with Party being a loose right back with a bit of um, going forward and going into midfield. What do you think the formation was? Yeah, that's what. He, so what he tried to do is replicate what. Um, Zinchenko does on the right-hand side with Partey. That's what he tried to do. Uh, sadly, it just didn't work. Like, um, and people may say, oh, Partey played right back um, when he played for Atletico. Look how many years ago that was and look how young Partey was then. Partey's nearly 30 now, so he doesn't have the legs. Partey's hamstrings or thighs or whatever keeps going is not the same as it was when he was in Atletico Madrid. So, um, that's what he tried to do. So, and play Ben White centre back, Kivior left back, um, and had a midfield of Jorginho and uh, going Xhaka. Um, for me, again, it, it just the team just seemed discombobulated. It just seemed weird. Um, Partey can't play that role because he one he can't get up and down the pitch. Um, like he normally does. So then that impacts on what Saka can do because Saka can't do everything by himself. When he usually got Ben Wyatt on the overlap, that helps him. He didn't have that today. So as you saw, Saka today was nullified because every single time he got the ball, he kept trying to come inside onto his left foot because that's all he could do because he had no one else. And I understand that Odegaard was playing, I think, a little bit wider, maybe to try and um, compensate and help out for Saka, but again, it didn't work. And for the first half, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, the ball never went left. It's almost like they didn't trust Kivior or didn't trust Trossard. The ball just did not go to the left-hand side. And it was really weird and really evident to the point where there was times when Kivior was just walking around aimlessly with his hands up and no one was passing the ball. And I'm not saying it was on purpose, but it just seems... Very weird. Either they didn't trust him or that he was open. So it's not even like he wasn't open. And it it came to a lot of times when Jorginho would get the ball, look up, but come back onto his right foot and pass it to the right-hand side. Same with Gabriel. Gabriel would get receive the ball. He'd look up and then go back onto the right-hand side. It's just... I don't know if anyone else saw it, Standard, if you saw it, but it just seemed really weird in the first half how the ball just never went left. The way that I saw it was, uh, it was kind of, for me, it looked like he had three centre-backs playing with Partey on the right and uh, um, Xhaka on the left, but being played really high up into the midfield. So at times it looked like we just had the three at the back with Kivior being really far away from the centre-back and having to try and get over into the left-hand side. And it didn't make any sense to me at all. When you look at the bench and you think to yourself, well, we're putting all of these square pegs into these round holes and it's not just one. There's a lot of them that seem to be in that team today. And you look at the bench and you see, well, I can see the right pegs for the right holes are sat right there. Now, this is the first uh, this is the first fixture this season, and I've enjoyed this season. And even in some of the games where we've got points, but this is the first game this season where I actually felt angry when I was watching it. Because I felt to myself, 
we're bringing this onto ourselves. There is no need for this to be happening. Why, why are we doing this now? What Mikel Arteta went with this formation and tactics all the way through the week in training in to prepare for today's match, and he liked what he saw. And then to come out at half-time, what's the point in playing like that in the first half? What did he do? Go into the dressing room, shout at everybody, tell them that they weren't doing it good enough, and then send them out for the second half in exactly the same way. <laughs> Do the same thing again. Exactly (laughs) the same way. To me, that's that's stubbornness. I don't know. Who's he trying to prove it to that it's going to work? Is he trying to prove it to himself? It will work. Why not? I would prefer him to say, well, that was a mistake. I'm changing this early. That doesn't look bad to me. That's someone that's seen that they've made a mistake and they're adjusting mid-game. Rather than be stubborn about it and continue doing what you're doing, and it's clear to everybody that it's a shambles. So it made me kind of angry. And I've been like one of Mikel's biggest defenders this season. And some of the things that I have been defending him on, they have been kind of flimsy, but I've wanted to remain possible, you know, sorry, positive about the season that we're having. But today I can't defend what's indefensible. And he brought all of that on himself, trying to be too cool for school and trying to, 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 to all this, what he's doing here with fullbacks. If you want to play fullbacks, play fullbacks in fullback positions. And you notice that when Kieran Tierney came on, we started to play with a better shape. But it was a little bit too little too late, obviously, at that point. Yeah, I, I agree that. I, it seemed like when Tierney came on, we got a little bit of control back. Yeah. And it just, it seemed very, very weird. I mean, I think if that game doesn't tell you that Kieran Tierney is leaving in the summer, nothing will. Um, the fact they didn't get on the pitch until very late on and Kibior, who's obviously going to remain at Arsenal next season, they're trying to play him there. And I think if anything we've learned from today is that Kivior is going to have a tough time playing at left-back if he does play there. If he's meant to be the, I guess, backup for Zinchenko next season. Now, we know what Zinchenko is like and as good as Zinchenko is coming into midfield, Zinchenko can't defend. Now, we can't have two left-backs who cannot defend. That just is ridiculous. And we need to... All this hybrid stuff of, oh, one day he's going to play here, the next day he's going to play there. We need to decide whether Kivio is going to be a centre-back or a left-back because it's going to be hard for him to transition between the two, especially game by game. And you can look at Ben White this season, and this season, Ben White has played right-back for the whole season, every game, apart from today, where he plays centre-back. Um, so it's not like he had to transition between the two. He's had he had the summer to transition to play right back, and then that's what he's done. I feel like I don't want to go too hard on Kivio because he's just come in and he hasn't had a lot of games. But if you're looking, if you're taking things on face value, as in today, yeah, he's going to have an extremely hard time um, next season if his position is to be left back, especially because Zinchenko is going to be the starter, so he's going to you know, start near enough every game. He's probably going to start all the Premier League games. He's probably going to start the Champions League games unless we get like a very easy draw, which uh, looking at it, we won't. Um, so what's he going to be restricted to? League Cup and maybe FA Cup games? It's, I think Arteta has a bigger um, issue this summer. I think maybe just replacing and getting better players. Today just showed that the fight had gone from them. Um, it was just really, really weird. And Stan, you made a really good point. Is that when um, Tierney came on, we got a bit of control, but it was too late. 
why didn't he make those changes at half time? And a touch of the Wenger's about him because remember, Wenger would like if Wenger had a plan, that plan was it, and if it didn't work, it just didn't work. That was it. Like he would shrug his shoulders. But today, you're right. Any other manager, like I take it, say that Camarino or Pep, and I hate using these two. They would have changed it at half time. They would have saw it's not working. Half time, Mourinho probably would have made three changes. Now, that's not me saying I want Mourinho at the squad at all. He's a horrible manager. But a more experienced manager would see it's not working and just change it where Arteta didn't. And that may be his managerial downfall. Let's not pretend he's been brilliant this season to take us to where we are. Absolutely great, brilliant. But yeah, something, sometimes stubbornness will be your downfall. I mean, if you're going to make changes to the team, the season's over. We know part is done. I'd have liked to have seen Bob Holding come back into the back, into the centre back, play Ben White at right back, and uh, if Kiwi was going to play left back, that's okay. But that that point you made, Carl, where Saka had absolutely no support from from uh, from Party, because when Party gets the ball, he's he's not going to run down. He's going to sprint down the wing. He's going to cut in midfield and go and give it to one of the other ones. And you're also not going to do anything with a midfield three of Party. Uh, uh, um, Party, Xhaka and uh, Jorginho. You're not going to do much with that lot. They're not exactly known for doing anything other than being there and, and defending their game. Today would have been a great day to let ESR start the game. He was on the bench, didn't even get to come on. Play play ESR and play um, Vieira together. Go for an attacking team. Don't go for this. all these defences, defenders and all these defensive midfielders. Possibly even play three at the back because we knew that's how Forrest were going to come out and play with three at the back and that absolute shitbag Serge Aurier. Why didn't Tierney go and stick one on him? Tierney's done at Arsenal. Go out there, go out of the bank, and then when when he started gobbing off to um uh, who was it? Was it um Vieira or or someone like that in midfield? Uh, Tierney should have just gone up and done him. He had a couple of chances to do him, and that little shit is mouthing it off at party, going, "Come on in, come on in." Go and have him. He's asking you to come on then. Go and do him. But, you know, if you're going to make changes, then do them. And, and you've had three young men on the bench as well. I mean, it would be nice to have given those a game a go when the game's over. You had Crozier, Dubry, Walters and Bandera. I mean, Walters is number 97. I mean, that's got to be one of the hottest plays. He's been on the bench a few times this season. But having a 97 on the bench, I mean, there's only two numbers higher than you can go than that. Just really disappointed with the entire thing. My notes for the entire game... I made one on the 13th minute, Odegaard fell on a bloke, ouch. 19th minute, the goal. There's no point. Do we cover the goal? I mean, I said this on, on my Twitter. That's not the first time Odegaard has given the ball away and the team has attacked and scored. He's done it against, um, obviously, Forrest today. He did it against um, Sheffield. No, not Sheffield. He did it against um, Man City and did it against Southampton as well. Every time he gave the ball away, uh, they scored. And it's kind of, I don't want to say a recurring theme because he's been absolutely brilliant this season. But there's part of the game that he's got to work on is that, the press. like, um, And it's not like he's not a good pass of the ball, but I just feel like he panics and he gives the ball away. And then that's it. Like, you can't in where we are and how we are, you can't do that. You you just, you got to be better. And, you know, as well as we can, if we're going to praise him for the good things that he does, then, you know, when he does something bad or something not well, we've got to um, criticise him. And, you know, once you can say, okay, a bit of an accident twice, mm, all right, now three times, something is wrong there. And it's got to be concentration. 
if you, you, it's got to be concentration. Like, what else could it be? But you're giving the ball away, and then the other team just go ahead and scoring. I mean, I appreciate that when you know, I appreciate the fact that when he gets the ball, he likes to release the ball quickly to try and get something going. But he has to be able to see that if there's nothing on, don't just pass the ball into space. If there is nothing on, then try and hold on to it until somebody gets somewhere. He sometimes he wants to release the ball so quickly, there's there's nothing on to release it to. And it's turned over. There is that sometimes he's a little bit too cool because we know he likes to stroke the ball around midfield and uh, he has all the time in the world of his clever dinking moves. But just to not look where that ball is going and pass it back. This is how it went. 19th minute. Erdegaard recklessly gives the ball away with an overhit back pass in sent two central midfield. Gibbs right one gets the ball, runs off of it, slots it through on the right to an Awoni. How do you spell that? A W O. N-I-Y-I. You can't have an I-Y-I in a word. That's confusing me. To the number 10, uh, number 9. And he shot, but wonderfully, Gabriel slid in like the wonderful defender he is, got the ball. But when he slid in and got the ball, the ball that he hit it with such force, the ball came off of Gabriel's foot, hit the bloke's shin, rebounded off his shin and went in the net. Carl, it's a wonderful bit of defending from Gabriel, but just terrible luck for, for Arsenal, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. The ball was overhit from Gibbs White, like when he passed it to Awinoni, Awinoni, I think his name is. Like the ball was overhit. Oh, I would have liked to have seen Gabriel engage earlier instead of. I've always I hate when defend when a team's attacking and the defender never engages, they run along with the player or they keep running backwards. Like At some point, you've got to engage because that's what brings teams into your box. You don't want them to get into your box. Like The fact that no one went to Gibbs White to try and stop the pass, the fact that everyone was just running back, like someone's got to engage. It's, yeah, uh, it's, 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 it was bad luck. It was poor by Odegaard. It was bad that people didn't engage players. It was just a, it was a bad goal together. Like all the planets aligned and they got their stroke of luck. And then I always felt once they went one up, that was it. They were just going to defend for all their life because that's what they needed. They got the goal. And then you saw at multiple times in that game, it was, they were playing 11 men behind the ball. Rightly so, because they, you know, they were fighting relegation. So I have no... I have no issues about them doing that. None at all, because that's what they came to do. They got the goal, and then that was it. They shut up shop. Arsenal just could not break them down, that for love nor money. It just couldn't happen. Um, I can't remember a meaningful shot that we had in the first half. I don't know if you can stand, but um, it just seemed like we ran out of ideas, even in the first half. It's just annoying that at the time of when that goal happened as well, it was quite early on in the game and, and we had acres of time to get a, to, to claw back into that game and we just couldn't do it. I think at some points in that game, we were 80 odd percent of uh, possession. But it, we have this thing, we, we started doing this thing that um, the bearded uh, the bearded gooner, he calls it um, the horseshoe of despair, where we start <laughs> pass, passing the ball around the sort of like the D of the penalty box, just from side to side, never going forward. And it's just like this horseshoe. It never ends up going anywhere towards the goal. And we started to do, I haven't seen that in ages, the old horseshoe of despair, but they dusted it off and brought it out today. And it's just <laughs> annoying. 
an end of like, season sorry. special. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like no one makes the run. Like everyone's just static. So that as you as you said, Stan, the ball goes literally. <laughs> it goes from Saka to Partey, Partey to Ben White, Ben White to Gabriel, Gabriel back to Odegaard, Odegaard to. Parte, Parte to Saka, Saka, and it just goes round and comes back in. And, and no you see one. that you see that annoying thing which I saw a couple of times when the ball would come to someone and they would posture themselves as if they're going to kick the ball forward and even point towards the goal that we're going to score in, and then they kick it sideways. It just seems like no one makes a run and no one wants to um, take a chance of just putting a ball into the box and take some responsibility. If that may just um, come to a point that we'll probably bring up later, Danny, about do Arsenal need a new striker? Is Gabriel the guy? To Gabriel's not going to give you twenty goals plus a season. He, he's just not going to do it. So, you know what? What do we do in the summer? Um, is a striker got to be on our shopping list? Well, according to who scored us, he hit the post today. He got a yellow card. He had four shots. Um, two were on target, two were off target, and one hit the woodwork. He had uh, 2.6% possession, 78% pass success rate. He made one tackle and was dispossessed seven times. I'm of the opinion with, with Jesus now that he's he's not a striker, he's a wide forward. Pep knew it. That's why Pep started playing him out on uh, wide right. And when he was playing wide right for Man City, he was quite productive. He was still coming up with assists and scoring goals. And to me, I think he's got a, a touch of the Theo Walcott syndrome. When Walcott was playing wide right and kept on banging on about that, he was a striker and he needed to play for the middle. And as soon as he got there, he realised it wasn't, you know, it was going to be a, a lot diff- diff- different than he thought it would be. And he kind of like crept back over onto the right-hand side. For me, I would like to see Gabriel Jesus having some rotation with Saka on that right-hand side sometimes and seeing what he would be like playing on that right-hand side to give Saka a breather. Because again, today, all we're doing today was just running, continuing to run Saka into the ground for me. And we'll, and I, I agree with you, Carl. We, as much as I kind of like Gabriel Jesus, he's not the man. We need somebody through that middle who's got a little bit more of a presence about them, a bit of a powerful person, and is going to give you at least maybe 20 goals a season. And, you know, sometimes we could have Gabriel Jesus playing off of that person or maybe in some games instead of, or rotating on the right-hand side with Saka. I don't know what was said. Maybe there was a promise made to him when he signed about promising him minutes from certain positions. I don't know if there's like something in there, but it's not working for me as him coming through the middle. I've been maybe even to um, swap him out with Odegaard sometimes because the amount of times he comes deep, which annoys me, like your centre-forward should not be receiving the ball from the goalkeeper. Your centre forward should not be receiving the ball from your centre backs. Like you shouldn't be coming that deep, which really, really annoys me. So, um, yeah, I think definitely in the summer we're going to have to start looking at a, a striker. I think. Um, I'm just looking at the the man who comes on for um, chasers when when we need to swap stuff up. The last time Eddie scored a goal, not had much chance, was against Man United. The 22nd of January scored two goals. He played 90 minutes against Everton, nothing. 90 minutes against Brentford, nothing. 90 minutes against no 64 minutes. 
Hold on, what's that mean? Time, 64. Oh, no, it was a yellow. 90 minutes against Man City, nothing. 90 minutes against Villa, nothing. And then we bought Trossard, and then he was dropped. So he got 20 minutes against Leicester, 18 against Everton, and got an assist. And then he got he was out for five games, injured, one minute against West Ham, 18 Southampton, 10 Man City, bench, three Newcastle, 13 Brighton, and 27 minutes today. Um is, is this proving that he's not the man that we need to come in when things aren't working for Jesus? No, he's, he. sadly, we need an upgrade um, in the attacking department. Um, like I said, this summer, it just seems like we're going to need a li- <laughs> more than I think we, more than supporters think. You know, there's always talk of we need the um, two centre midfielders, maybe a right back. Uh, you know, it's. I think the hype around when Jesus came in was brilliant, and I think you know we needed an upgrade from um, Abamyang and also Lacazette. Whether um, he was that person, I don't know. Um, look, he's a good player; he definitely is, and I agree with Stan. Maybe he does need to change up a little bit. Maybe he could play on the right hand side. A little give Saka a rest because Saka is burnt out. Saka's tired. You can see it. He's just not ever since the international break, the last one, he's not been the same person. He like, looks like he's he run out of ideas a, and energy. Yeah, he looks like he just needs to for two weeks, Arteta needs to say to him, go on holiday and you do nothing. Like you literally just relax, you rest, you sleep for I don't know, 16 hours a day if you have to. Like, just literally do nothing because you can see he's physically tired. And why Arteta... I don't know if Arteta can see it, but he's just got nothing else to bring on. Like, I don't know what the reason why he's just playing Saka into the ground. And if you keep doing this, by 26-27, Saka's going to be done as a player. Yeah, Like, you can't keep... Like, next season, he can't have a season like he has this season. No way. Yeah. He looked up like Hector Bellerin. I always felt that I think that Hector Bellerin part of the problem of him is that he was played into the ground for so long. There was never anybody that was going to come in for Hector. Hector knew that he was getting picked every single week. And I think it kind of uh, uh, stunted his his trajectory a little bit for me. But, you know, I would be really annoyed that if we go out and spend our transfer money on, on someone like, for example, a Cancelo and spend a big portion of that and we don't do anything up front, to me, that would be very care- a careless thing to do because we definitely need something more in that department. I don't know why Balogun can't be given an opportunity. Let us see. Let's see whether he, he can work. Let's see whether he can perhaps give Eddie... Um, uh, there he is. Look at that. You say his name and he appears. If he could perhaps give Eddie a run for his money and give him some competition, you know, why not? They've, they've invested all of this time in him already. Why not just have a look and see whether it's there before you make a rash decision, sell him, and maybe have to add more money on top to bring in another striker? I think this man here, um, photo for people at home walking the dog in the t- on, the, on the toilet and in the shower. Um, you've got Edu in the middle. He's not looking very happy. And below him, you've got Pat Rice, Arsenal legend right back. Dave O'Leary, Arsenal legendary centre-back. Um Two, two of the best ever Arsenal players. O'Leary, O'Leary looks like someone's let one go and he's just caught the whiff of it there. 
and just Pat Rice it. looks like he knows who's let one go and he's just ignoring <laughs> it. Stare straight ahead. No one will know. <laughs> um, you're saying about Saka, Carl. He has played every we've got we've got four players that have played every single game this season. Wow. Gabriel, Saka, Ramsdale, and White. They've all played every single minute. And Saka has played all 37 games, and only 12 of them has he not played the full 90 minutes. And of those 12, only one has he played less than 72 minutes. Yeah, um, Arteta. Uh, I don't like. I said I don't know if Arteta knows this and just is choosing to ignore it, or he's thinking I've got no one else to bring on. I don't know, but Saka is tired. He looked tired, and I remember. Do you, I don't know if you remember in the beginning of the season or towards the beginning of the season. I think someone spoke about Saka needing a rest. And he said something like, oh, top players need to learn how to play 60, 70 games a season or something along them lines. You could No, it's, it's, I don't care if you're a professional footballer, you can't. You cannot perform like that at a high level for that many games, Like no matter how young you are. Because like I said, by 26, 27, he will be finished. Like He literally will be done. You can't, especially in the position that he plays on the wing, he's literally going to be running up and down all game and you just can't do that to the guy so next season he needs competition he needs to be able to have a whole game rest like surely you know when you're playing the likes of whoever like if Luton come up let's say you're playing um, Arsenal versus Luton there's no reason for Saka to play versus Luton or whoever like we need to be resting him especially next season when we're going to have more games in the Champions League so Saka's going to be playing Champions League games so he can't play him you know week in week out 90 minutes in the Champions League then 90 minutes in the league and then the various cup competitions it just it won't work he needs he needs rest and he needs proper proper rest and I hope Arteta just addressed that in the summer yeah do you think he will though Stan he seems to. It's, it, he doesn't seem to trust certain players, you know. He and if we're gonna if we're gonna succeed next season, next season, in in more competitions and especially in Europe, he's gonna have to understand that he can't just pick the same eleven of players for every game. He's gonna have to rotate more and have players that he believes in that can come off the bench and come in and do a job. Um, I just feel for Kieran Tierney. I mean, if you're Kieran Tierney, you must be sitting there thinking, like, am I that bad? Is it? Is it? Am I really that bad that you know I can't even get a looking in this situation when Zinchenko's out? They'd rather move everything around, move this player in here, and all of that, and move that player in there just to compensate because they don't trust me. Really, is it that bad? That's what I'd be thinking. It's such a shame because I don't know. I don't know if you two listened to the show that I did last night. I know Stan knew we were there for a little bit when it was me and Mr. Waffles. Yeah. But the we were on the verge of breaking all of the invincible records apart from the total number of points and winning the league. And because we've lost today, this season is now down to um, our third best win percentage ratio. We were top. Goals per game, that's now dropped down to that. That was almost at the top as well. That's now. Dropped down to second behind the Invincibles. Points per game total, that has now dropped down to... Oh, here we go. Best of all bloody button, didn't I? That's now... We are, we're now down to third because we, we've lost that game. And we, we could, all we needed was um, four more goals this season to equal the most number of goals in a Premier League season. And after the last two games, Carl, it's just... it's. 
we, we've had a fantastic season. We can't take that away. But when you look at the the last two games, is it three games too many because we've got Wolves coming up next? If you had to try and think, one, one, put your finger on one problem that is why we've managed to lose at home to Brighton, who the week before got smashed by Everton, and we lost today against a team who can't keep a clean sheet. I don't know how many clean sheets Forrest have kept this season, but in the league, I'm just looking how many how many goals Forrest have conceded in the league this season. 67 in 37 games. Goal difference of minus 30. And then we can't even score against them. It's mentality. It has to be. like it, it, Towards the end of last season, it happened, it's happening again. And you have to wonder why it is. You know, people can say the age of the players, but everyone's a year older now. Everyone experienced what it was like last season. So you think they would think to themselves, I don't want this to happen again. But yet it's happened again. So who is it down to? Is it down to the players' experience? Is it down to the manager? It's a culmination of things, but you can't fall off the cliff this badly towards the end of the season twice in a row and not start questioning certain things. Like, like I said, we've had a fantastic season. Let's not take anything away from these players and the management right. and the coaching. Absolutely brilliant we've had. We, we've gone toe-to-toe with Manchester City and without us, they would have won the league in flipping March, <laughs> probably. Like, it's yeah. just brilliant. But I just feel like behind our starting 11, or our quote-unquote first 11, he doesn't trust these players. He doesn't trust anyone. Or are they good enough? Um, we saw Vieira come on today, and I, I don't know what to make to think of Vieira. Like, he needs... I feel like he just needs to hit the gym, put drink some protein shakes and just hit this summer because he needs to put on weight. He's too slight. Um, Gabriel Jesus, he's brilliant, but he's just not going to give you 20 goals a season. He's not. Um, okay, we were missing Martin Lenny today, but Trossard, for me, even the last couple of games, he's fallen off. For what looks, reason? I don't like know. He can't be bothered. He looks, yeah, he looks like silly. someone's just bloody done a big poo in his front garden. It's... That is so weird. He was so energetic and on fire when we got him. I thought, wow, what a player. Every time he played, we won. And they said when he came off today, that's the first time in his Arsenal career that he started the game and we haven't won. It's just weird how, yeah, all these players have just dropped off. So why is it? We need to figure out why, I guess. Quite, quite recently when people were saying that, you know, Arsenal had bottled it and using that term, I really, I didn't like it at all. And, you know, I was happy to ha- have conversations with people as to why that I thought that that term was wrong. But after looking at a performance like today now, now coupled with some of the other performances of late, I would find it hard to argue against that term now if somebody said that. Because, you know, it's it's capitulation, folding. You know, you can pick out many other words, you know, and you could probably put bottling it in there as much as I hate to say it. And I hate that term, but I'm not going to make excuses. Like mm. Cole said, you know, we, we've been coming on it all season and waxing lyrically about, you know, how good we've been. So when things, something like today happens, you can't just, you know, mask over it and pretend that you didn't see it. It was, it stunk today. It stunk out the whole, the whole place today, you know, and, 
you know, Cole, Cole's talking about, for example, you know, if a Luton come up, you know, we should be able to rest Saka in a game like that. We should be able to rest Saka in a game against Nottingham Forest, to be yeah. fair. You know, and we struggle today badly. Maybe because we're playing we're playing players that are tired and burnt out, it makes us look even worse against whoever we're playing. Perhaps if we put some players on that were fresher and needed the minutes, you know, we might have looked a little bit brighter. But then again, the manager shot himself in the foot, didn't he, by tinkering around with the formation. I don't think that helped us at all. He should have stuck with the formation that we've been playing and maybe just added some new faces in those positions instead of ripping everything up and doing what he did today. So it's hard to defend any of it. We have lost 15 points in the last eight games. And in the last five games, we've lost as many games as we did in the first 32. That's just... Yeah, I think it does come down to he's, he's got certain players and they're his favourites and they're going to play week in, week out. We know even if Martinelli would have been fit, he'd have played, he might have made a difference. But you've got to look at these other players that are there, ESR, um, Vieira and Trossard. Trossard came in and did, did so well and then he was dropped from the starting eleven for about four or five games. That's, that's just... He's got to do someone's um, own... Uh, their form, they're going to go, well, it doesn't seem to matter what, what I do in a game, I'm still going to get dropped. And uh, maybe it is going to show the people at the club who run the club, who give the money, who have the options, who have the war chest, that if you want to uh, if you want to do better next season, you've seen the players I don't want. He's already shown that he can do wonders with the players he's getting rid of. But we've, got, we've had 31 players out on loan this season. That's so many players. There's about another 10 at the club, first team players that I think he wants gone from the club. And he's shown that he can do it. And he's shown that he's been ruthless. And on the show, um, I think it was you, Carl, said midweek that um, there's, we can have to, looks like we might have to buy out the contracts of two more players. Maybe Pepe and maybe um, Suarez. Was that you that said that? We can take the, take the glory for it if you I'll want. I'll take the glory. It wasn't me, but um, I'll take the glory. But it's, it's, <laughs> you're right, because Pepe does not want any squad. And that's, all, that's not discounting all the players that are away um, on loan. You know what happens to Tavares? What happens to Lukonga? Um, you know those players. You still got to make a decision about those. You know, has he seen enough of Lukonga to say that I've done well in France? Like, I know that um, the club that he's on loan at don't want him. They don't want to keep him. So you have to start asking the question. Um, you know what happens to these? Um, it's, like I said, I think this summer is going to be a very busy one because I, I honestly do think that people think it's just easy this summer. Oh, bring in Rice, bring in Caicedo, um, and then, yeah, we'll be fine. No, there's more. There are so much, there's so much more to it. And you have to look at a load of things. And it's not just a case of just buying, buying, buying. You have to get rid of some of these players. And, you know, some of them... It's going to make some very hard decisions. It looks like I don't know. I know the thing is, it's heart versus head. It's Mill Smith Rowe. You know, the heart wants to keep him. Of course, the heart wants to keep him. He's, a, he's one of our own and all of that. But if he is not, if I just don't see him in his plans and he's not getting time, you've got to sell him. You've got to sell him, bring in 25 to 30 million so we can reinvest. William Saliba and people are not quite understanding the situation, how dire it is. If Saliba doesn't sign in this summer, or at least by the end of July, we've 
got to sell him. We have to sell him because we can't have him walking away for free. We can't even take that risk of him walking away for free. Player. So we we if he if you go to his representatives and by June, uh, late June, early July, is Saliba going to sign his contract? No, no worries. Start asking around Europe if he wants to buy him because we cannot afford to keep him, and that's the kind of hard decisions that we need to make this summer. Um, should we have some quotes? Rudy's put been kind enough as always to put some in here. If uh, if you want to say anything, just just shout and talk over me, and I'll stop. Uh, Rudy's put Arteta on where the title fell away. Quote: It started. What happened at Anfield? We have conceded a lot of goals. We have given 16 goals away in those matches. You cannot sustain that. There are no margins. Uh, also, quote, we have to heal, heal in the next few days. It is very painful. I'm ex- extremely sad. I have to find a way to lift the players, and we have a difficult week ahead of us. We have a huge responsibility against Wolves next week. We play in front of our own fans that have been incredible all season and they deserve a really good match. What do you think, Stan? If you want to get the most out of the players and you want to lift the players, have them training in, you know, in a way that they, that they have been playing for the whole season instead of like doing this now. You know, like 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 Cole said earlier about you know friendlies and th- these sorts of these sorts of games. If you want to experiment and tinker, do it on your own time. Not that's not, what not football now. managers for. You know, not 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 now. You know, we want to finish on a bit of a high. Want to finish on a lift, and uh, I, I think that he could have taken more responsibility for himself because he's the one that's done this tinkering not the players he's the one that asked them to play in this way and it didn't work so he could have taken more of the onus on him like yeah i got it a little bit wrong today i would i was trying to do this and i wanted to do that but it didn't quite work out and in the end you know that's why i reverted back he could have taken you know taken a little bit more of the accountability i felt he's gonna have to sorry just quickly he's gonna have to next season we are playing in the champions league so we can't throw that so instead of just him concentrating on the league and just playing one game a week, he's not going to do that. He's going to be playing Sunday or Tuesday, Saturday, um, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, like those sort of games. So he's good. Like I said, I think the rebuild, not, I don't want to call it a rebuild because it's not a rebuild. A revamp. But the, yeah, the revamp is more than what people think. And I don't, I really don't want people to underestimate the work that's got to happen because realistically man city we're not going to go toe to toe man city like like for players but man city have got two people that can play in every position every single position they've got two players we need something along those lines we need people two people can play left mid two people can play right mid two people can play up front at the moment you you you're doing like stan said square peg round holes you're saying oh trossard can play up front but he's not really a striker like you can't we need an out and out striker you're saying um oh kivyar can play left back but he's not going to be a left back with Tierney going um you're also thinking about um, tommy asu and i know this sounds weird but that guy cannot stay fit he cannot stay fit so at some point what do you do about him do you you know, go to him in the summer and say, look, you got one more chance. Like, and I know some of these injuries are not his fault, but just that, you just can't stay fit and you can't keep a player like that 
where you can't rely on it. Just like Kieran Tierney. Do you remember when Kieran Tierney first came to Arsenal? You know, every five minutes, he was out injured. He just couldn't stay fit. Um, and they managed him. They didn't have him playing every single game. They were managing him. Um, Tommy Asu just can't seem to have a run of games without getting injured. And um, that's got to be looked at. Even, let's say Saliba does sign and stay. How bad is his back injury? Like, no one, no one's really said how bad it is. Can he sustain, you know, when he does start training again, starts putting his back under pressure, is it going to hold up? Because back injuries are fucking horrible. Yeah. Like, they really are horrible. Especially if it involves surgery. Chirobi, who's uh, one of the listeners on here, is a chiropodist. No, a chiropractor. Chiropodist, that's feet. And he said, once, if it gets, uh, if you have to have an operation on your back, then it's serious because that can, that can mess you up. And again, if if we do sell him, does that affect his price? Because a club is going to do extensive of medical on him. They're going to scan his back. They're going to make him do twist turns, all sorts. And if he can't hold up, then yeah, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I think there's a lot of work to do this summer. I, it does worry me. It does worry me the length it's taking on the Saliba thing because it's not like it's a case of well, you know, he just wants to focus and get into the end of the season and then sit. He's been out. He's out. He's convalescing. He's got plenty of time to have conversations on telephones or in person. And I don't understand why it's taking so long. I mean, what, what's his what's his problem? He's got everything that he needs at Arsenal. He can see that all of his teammates are resigning. So he hasn't got to worry about is everybody else still going to be here. They're obviously trying to increase his uh, to increase what he's getting financially. So what what's his beef? He's a part of the team. He's playing regularly. He's not having to want for minutes. It, it's a curious one of why for me it's taking so long, especially when he's got time on his hands now to read through contracts and have conversations. Got uh, another quote here from Rudy Arteta. Quote, a really sad day, a lot of difficult emotions. We lost the game. We lost the championship after 10 and a half months fighting for it and nine and a half months at the top. We thought we could go all the way and win it, but we fell short. Congratulations to City. Something I read out on the show last night, Carl. Um, go back to my um, my notes here that I heard. I can't take the, the glory for this. This is on the, the Totally Football Show. Top of the Arsenal have been top of the Premier League for 248 days. Not only is that the longest in Premier League history, that is the longest in top flight football in England since back to 
uh, Man United, and I think maybe Liverpool did it as well. Maybe they're the fifth team to do it to win three in a row, and that's the most anyone's ever done in in English football but this is, history. It's, it's, it's nonsense, like, and people hoping that the Premier League or the FA are going to come after Man City with their finances. <laughs> They're not doing that. I'm telling they you this now. They haven't done it in all these years. They, they're not coming for them because if they were, they would have come for them already um, and they're not doing it. So that's not going to happen. Man City will financially dope the league until their owners get bored or another team comes along and does the same thing. Maybe a Newcastle, depending on what happens with Manchester United. But they will always have the best players, Man City, always. Or until... Pep leaves because I don't care anyone says he's a very good manager. He is until he gets bored. But why is he going to get bored? He literally can get any player in the world that he wants. Like no player. You can't get There's no player you can't get. Like if it comes to a um, bidding war, he can get them. So, you know, it's like, a, it's like a, a real life football manager. Um, he can just buy anybody. And, so for us to go toe-to-toe with Man City for that long, I can't f- praise those boys enough. They're brilliant. Without us, it would have been there would be no title race. And you look at next season, do Man City need to strengthen? They will. They definitely will. They'll buy a new left-back. They'll definitely get a new centre midfielder. Um, Man City will strengthen 100% next season. But then you look at, who else is going to be up there? So whenever this Manchester United um, takeover goes through, if it does happen before the summer, who knows? They're going to spend money. Then you look at Liverpool. Now, Liverpool have missed out on Champions League, so they're not going to have as much money to spend this season, but they're going to reinvest because they need centre midfielders. Definitely, they need a striker. Um, You look at... Uh, Chelsea, are they still going to be a shambles? I think they will. Like, they're not going to be as bad as they are this season. But um, if Pochettino does get them clicking, who knows? They're not going to have no Europe. One game a week. I don't know if one game a week is actually a a bonus to uh, as much as people think it is. Like, I don't know. Um, because when you're in that mindset of constantly playing, constantly winning, you, that helps. When you're playing one game a week and just waiting around for games, I don't know. So we'll see. And Tottenham just going to be a <laughs> shambles because they're going to lose Kane and that'll be it. So when you look at the top four, or the top, it's going to be top five next season, isn't it? It's five Champions League places mm. next season. So when you look at you fight for European places, the same teams are going to be there, um, plus Chelsea. And I'm silly, I feel this kind of Newcastle, because you can't discount Newcastle. Newcastle are up there now, and they're going to spend some money as well. So, you know, next season, Stan, who do you think, and it is whoever's going to challenge Man City, who do you think is more liable to to, to um, challenge Man City out of all sort of the traditional top six? Because I think the problem with this season is... Yes, we've done very well, but the usual big heads, you know, that that usually give you trouble, the Manchester United's and the Chelsea's and Liverpool and those idiots across the road as well. You could say that like, this season has been there's been a lot of mismanagement going on at some of those clubs in one way or another, you know, with their, the way that their managers are coming and changing managers or getting rid of a manager and not bringing another manager in and, and the way that Todd Bowley has, has been acting at Chelsea. There's been a lot of mismanagement 
which has been distracting those clubs and has helped us. If those teams get their eye back on the ball next season, it might be a lot tighter to fill out those places in the top four because there's quite a gap between us and the third place, right? You know, we could just put our feet up now on a deck chair and there's no one catching us. But it may not be that easy next season, no matter who we bring in, just for the fact that those teams that are usually around or thereabouts may be better, you know, maybe managing themselves a little bit more better and be more organised next season. Um, I was saying earlier that Chirobi, friend of mine, Graham, that's his alter ego, um, the, uh, not the chiropodist, the uh, fossil Chiropractor. That chiropractor. Too many words, not enough brains. Um, he says, and he knows, spinal surgery is only successful one third of the time. A third of the time doesn't work, but doesn't get worse. And a third of the time it actually gets worse. And unfortunately, usually much worse than the initial issue. And Demsec has put, there's no mistake why Saliba is being allowed to mend naturally. And Graham has agreed with that. We have got uh, another couple of um, quotes from uh, Wenger, there, Arteta. Uh, Mikel on living with a defeat, quote, this is the sport. Sometimes it's a defeat. Sometimes it's a relationship that is broken. It's a lot. It's a lot of factors. We have to live with that. Today is difficult and we have to face the difficulty and find a way to learn from it and be better. And I think there was another one. Arteta on not being able to take it on the final, take it to the final day. Quote, when you come to April and May, you need 24 players there, available, fit, playing at their best and ready to go. For many reasons, we haven't had that. Stan, what, what does that say? He's saying something there, isn't he? He says that he needs a, he thinks that he needs a bigger squad, more bodies. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been relying on the ones outside of the main 11 stroke 12 players he's been using. He's been reluctant mm. to take people off of the bench and bring them in. So wholesale changes, it sounds like. Pepsi makes you know, a I, 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 I think, uh, I think that it may be Mikel Arteta's mind. Players like Holding, ESR, um, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Tierney. I think he feels that in the time that he's been there, we've evolved as a team. and We've probably outgrown some of those players now. They're no longer you know, what he requires because we've moved past that stage and they haven't grown with the team. And I think the uh, the other the other week when he put some of those players on right at the end, and it was uh, Tim Stillman, I think, was saying it on the Arsenal Vision, Vision pod, he kind of felt that this was Mikel Arteta looking at those players and really sort of validating to himself, yeah, yeah, these, these players, if I put these players on in a Champions League game in the group and that we're struggling, they ain't going to be able to come in and make any kind of a difference. And maybe validating to himself that, yeah, these players have to go. Are the club going to trust him, Carl, on what, Carl, on what um, Stan just said? I like to hope so, but we don't have, we're not Man City, we don't have unlimited money pot. We just don't. So, you know, I think there's going to have to be, like I said, a lot of outgoings, a lot of sacrifices that we don't want to see. Um, people like Emil Smith-Rowe, if Arteta doesn't feel he's good enough, then, you know, take a 25, 30 million pound for him. Who we get, that's not my my job. That's down to the uh, Arteta to do. But, you know, there's talk of Granit Xhaka going 15 million. Can we get an upgrade on him? Um, 
Eddie does can we get a 15 million pound from him for him somewhere an upgrade uh, on Eddie I think there's like I said decisions to be made um, even Thomas Partey does Thomas Partey need to go if we get if we get Rice and Caicedo our centre midfielders will be Rice Caicedo um, and Jorginho could we keep Thomas Partey? Do we need four um, for the amount of games we're going to be playing? Maybe, like, um, because I would have said Coutinho may have been there or thereabouts to come into the squad next season, but he wants to leave. So um, we have to sell and reinvest better. And I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think we get everything done this summer. I really don't. Um, however, I think the Cronkies over the past few years have shown that they're kind of backing him. So if he goes to the Cronkies and says, look, look how close we came to winning the title. I can do it. I just need a little more investment and a little more backing. And hopefully they say, yeah, go ahead, go, go for it. But <laughs> football's a funny old game. And, you know, these billionaires may say, this was your chance. We backed you. We've given you all the money. You come up short. What what should we do now? So, but I, I honestly do think that being in the Champions League will help us attract a different kind of player. You know, it's, it's been very hard to attract the top top quality player um, the last couple of years because we haven't been in Champions League and now we are. So hopefully, especially with the new money coming in, we should be able to invest. Well, I think no matter how much we spend this this summer, and no matter how much we will improve the first eleven. I still don't think that it will be, we will have done enough where, like you said earlier, we'll have a full squad, i.e. we'll have two players in every position. No. That, that won't come. So, you know, there's still a little ways to go. And I think that, and you know, we, I've always got, we've always got to consider that we may come up short until we get into that position where we can have two players of quality in each position. I mean, look at them at Man City. Mara scores a hat-trick, doesn't play in the next game. <laughs> and he accepts that. They've got someone that comes in and does a good enough job. And then Myers may come back again. That's where we need to get to. And it ain't going to happen in this summer. Johnny Maverick here. And I think that is um, deep, not deep space. Dan, what was the other one? The bloke, the alien. You don't know who that is, Stan. Is it Babylon 5 or something? That's it. I knew it had a 5. Babylon 5. Johnny says, The reality is in five seasons, the best we will conceivably be able to achieve is fourth because a new big three will have been cemented by the Gulf State teams. Great season. Doesn't really matter, though. I was just looking at some some stats here, Carl. This season, Man City are going to play 60 games. Last season, they played 58 games. And this season, we'll play 49 games. And the most we've played recently is 60 in 17-18 when we finished sixth. Um, so I think by looking at this, I'd say, going by the number of games and when it fell apart this season, we had enough players for 40 games. We've now played 48. And of those, like we were saying earlier, of the last eight games, we only won two. So how many more players do you think he's going to need or be allowed to uh, stretch that 40 games all the way to 55 that we might well need next season? Well, if you looking at the squad, like you, so looking at holistically very quickly, 
we definitely need a new right midfielder. We have to have someone to rest Saka or challenge Saka. 100%. Well, that was what Trostard um, was for, wasn't it? Well, no, he more plays on the left. because Okay, so if Trostard comes in, he plays on the left to challenge Martinelli. Or give Martinelli a rest. Yeah. So if you say Martinelli plays left, no one's there for Saka. Um, if Kieran Tierney goes, you do need another left back. You need to look at Tomiyasu on what's going on with his injuries. Um, is holding good enough? Does holding need to go? Um, I think he does. You know, you look at Thomas Partey, he's dropped off a cliff lately. Don't know what's going on with him. Martin Odegaard, if Martin Odegaard comes in, you'd think that it would be Vieira to take his place. What's Vieira doing? Um, Granit Xhaka going, so that um, they're left-sided. Who plays there? So this is what I'm saying. There are so many permutations. I don't know if you remember in the All or Nothing documentary where in Eddie's office he had the board with everyone's names on it and where they played, you know, the position. And yes. he had that the starter and then the names underneath. Yeah. You look at that now, like, you'd have to say, has he got it? Has he got good, a proper good, uh, I don't know, 19, 20, 21 players that can compete? Probably not. So that's why he needs to invest. He's going to need to do some very, very good work. Also as well with Reese Nelson, I mean, it, it looks like he likes to deploy him more on the left and not on the right-hand side. So if you're Reese Nelson, you're thinking, well, I've got Martinelli in front of me. I've got Trossard in front of me. Meanwhile, the club are going to Reese Nelson. I think they've got made three attempts to give him an improved contract. Yet you look at a game which is just gone and he can't even get off the bench and get any minutes. So why would he want to sign a contract? It doesn't. No, he wasn't in the squad. I think he's ill. Oh, wasn't he? Oh, okay. no, he wasn't in the squad. Oh, Nelson. Okay. Yeah, I think I it came out. You were asleep, Stan, when it was announced. It was about an hour before kickoff when they put the team sheets up. They said that he was. He had. Uh, he was ill, which is a shame. And I think we every Arsenal fan would like to keep him because he has shown this season that he's really that he's really got it. Um, he might start it today. Yeah, uh, I think he. I think if you look at it, he would have started today. Like I think they would have rested Saka and started Nelson because if you want to keep him, you'll show like okay, we're going to start you today. See what you can do. So I, I honestly think he might start it today. Okay. <clears throat> Um, Femi said last season we also played about 40 games and fell apart I would say maybe it was about 33 because we lost after 33 games all competitions we then lost 4 out of 5 I think that's where we fell apart then I mean I could bring it on the graphic but I um, don't think people care um, let's go and do some questions because uh, you gentlemen have got stuff to do um, we'll start off with our very own Femster does uh, Stan does too many players does too many games kill players as well as as well as age? Multiple players playing every game for two seasons in a row is not very helpful. And then on top of that, you know, the, another season, the next season comes and they have to go away and do international stuff. Now, when are they going to mm. get any rest? Um, I think that maybe this thing that they do in, in some of the leagues in Europe where they have a break in the winter... I think it's something that maybe would be helpful to, that everybody has the same kind of a season in Europe and we all have that winter break. It will definitely give the help the players. But it's almost like they're just flogging the players because it's like the more they flog them, the more the more cash will drop out of them. You know, they can just ring, continue to ring more cash out of it. That's what because, it's all about. Because it, as I mentioned earlier, I honestly believe that uh, Hector Bellerin has, was, was a victim of being overplayed from a young age. 
and then brought back and not able to recover. No, you get an injury, you can't come back from that injury, and then you're a shadow of your former self, and you've still got plenty of years ahead of you. And I don't want to see that happen to a player like Saka or a Martinelli. I really don't. True. Um, right, next, I'm just trying to find out how many minutes uh, Saka played for England in the World Cup, but it doesn't seem to say on this, which is a little bit annoying. Um, right, so move that one on from Femi. And lots of numbers, Carl. If we don't do better than second in the Premier League and no silverware next season, and all Arteta mentions is progress, in quote marks, then are him and Edu for the chop after next season? No. No, um, <laughs> you can't. No one is going to like is dominating Man City. No one. So that's like saying, should Ten Hag go? Like, should uh, no? Should Klopp go? Like, Man City are a juggernaut of a club with unlimited resources, with ill-gotten gains because it is ill-gotten. <laughs> um, I like that word. Um, the league are going to do nothing about it, not because they're scared. Um, so, you, I think all teams, I know we shouldn't just settle for second, but, you know, you have to try and go toe-to-toe with them. And we've done it. We, we went toe-to-toe with them. We just faltered. And if we can fix what we faltered at, and maybe it was the lack of players, maybe it was lack of belief, maybe it was something, I don't know. But if we can fix that, then we can do it. Yes, there's going to be other teams up there. Like, people keep saying, our Arsenal never get another chance. Why? This could be us now. We could be here. Like, so, um, people saying, our oh, other teams fell off. Like, nah, we're, this is the beginning. And yes, we want to do better. I do think Arteta probably does need to win something soon, whether it be the League Cup, Carab- um, the FA Cup, something. Um, or at least get into deep into a cup competition. However, you know, I don't want to get rid of him. Like, if we get second next season, would I be happy with that? Of course, I'd be very happy with second next season again. Like, 100%. Um, Sai says, everybody drop a like. You can't drop a like, you can just give a like. And if you can give us a like, that'll be lovely. Our very own Femster, who is nearly here today, he only had half an hour. But then uh, you gents said you could do it. Uh, it says, don't worry, we're about to have another Winter World Cup in 2030. God's sake. Uh, minutes for Saka in the World Cup this year. 71 in, seventy-one minutes, 78. Not used against Wales. 65 and 79. So he wasn't playing the full game for all of them. But at the age of 21, he's already got 26 England caps with eight <laughs> goals. We just need to... Uh, that's why I said in the podcast midweek, Cole, it was just you and me because no one else could be bothered to turn up. I said I'd have said to Saka, go on, off you go, son, and Erdegaard and Ramsdale. God, these two games are meaningless. We might as well have done it because they didn't do anything in the game and they could have had an extra two weeks dipping their toes in the sand on some beach in the Caribbean or something or, or Mexico or wherever they're going to go where I, where I can't go because I get stuck in the sand. Another question uh, for you, Stan, from Sai. Which of the two halves was better? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, don't, Stan, we just... did mention earlier that, that, you know, we did, when we made some changes, we did sort of like get a little bit of a foothold back in the game. We got a little bit of a shape back. You could see that it was, you know, we were starting to play a little bit of football. But yeah, on the whole, it was, um, 
it was a big shit show, really, to be honest with you. And the first half was just a nightmare. Um, by Forest winning today, they're now safe from relegation. Yes. Three out of Everton, Leeds, Leicester and Southampton. I'm old enough, boys and girls, mums and dads, cats and dogs, to have seen Everton, Leeds and Leicester win the league. And two out of those three, possibly, yeah, definitely two out of those three are going to get relegated. Um, who are you going to pick, Stan and Carl? Carl, you first. That's uh, one word, Carl, you first. I would like to see Leeds go down because I hate to land this. <laughs> but I think Leicester will go because they're a shambles. And actually, yeah, I think Leicester and Leeds will go. How about you, Stan? Who do you want to go down? Ooh, I don't really want any one of them to go down, but I think, you know, Leicester haven't looked like they've wanted to stay up all season. No. I remember there was that part of the season where every time he spoke, they spoke to Brendan uh, after Rogers after a game. He sounded as he he sounded like he was just saying, "Can you fire me, please? Just fire me, <laughs> just fire me." And they just wouldn't. And it was almost like he knew that if he left, he wouldn't get all of his compo, his compensation. They had to fire him, and they were just like, "Nope, you're in it to, for the long haul." But yeah, I think um, Leeds as well, they look like they're having a big problem. I mean, it was uh, Mr. Tom, who's a Leeds supporter, said it to me that he said the last time uh, Leeds were in the it, were in the Premier League, they had Patrick Bamford, they went out for five years and they come back and they've still got Patrick Bamford. He's like, what has happened? <laughs> they haven't done anything in that time to like improve or change that. So it's probably a making of their own for, of their own selves, really. Could be true. I'd like to see Everton and Leicester go down. Everton have been nicking a living. It's been a while since we've heard that saying. Nicking a living for far too many years now. And they're going to get a new owner. And the new owner said they're going to buy Everton, even if they get relegated. So, so there you go. That'd be lovely. Um, just editing these. So they are all banners. I'm going to click on that one, I think. There you go, scrolling. I'm going to put that there to annoy everybody to remind you to give it a thumbs up. We have done a podcast nearly every day for a week, which is, for us, quite an achievement. Um, next question was uh, for you, Stan, from formerly Nozar. Should we sell both Eddie and Balogun and try and get Vlahovic of Juventus? Well, I'm all for selling Eddie and upgrading that. <laughs> and I would love to bring in a player like Vlahovic, that sort of a profile, but you know, that sort of looks quite powerful and can find the back of the net. But I do feel that if we sold two to bring in one, we'd still be one short. Because if Jesus gets an injury, then you're just, you're, you've got to put all of your eggs into one basket and hope that that one player can see out until the other player comes back. So I always, I, you know, if we sold both of them, we would be one short. You know, we sold Lacazette and we sold Aubameyang and we only bought one in. I've always felt that we've been a little bit short-changed and we need another extra one. I don't know if there's anyone from the youth who can come up and learn. It's not probably won't be Balogun because we're going to sell him. But that's that's where I would go with that. We've got Manwari. I'm not sure he's a, he's a striker and he's been called up for the European Championships for the under under 17s. Um, Carl, what about, question. What, what about, hang on, what, what happened to the one called was it B B Bereth or something? Was it striker? Oh, Mika Bereth. He is no, on loan uh, in Holland, uh, a second tier team in Holland. Okay. Not quite sure how he's getting on. I mean, I can go and have a look or, or not. Procrastinating Womble, Carl. Will Luton bring the old concrete pitch back 
that would be funny as fuck. Um, people who don't know, back in the 80s when teams couldn't afford to have decent pitches, they had uh, something that was uh, AstroTurf kind of thing, and it was real bad AstroTurf. It was so bad that players would have to wear jogging bottoms so they wouldn't get the, the grazes. Um, it was QPR, Luton, and Preston North End are the ones that had the plastic pitches. Um, I don't think you're allowed it anymore, are you? I mean, I know all modern pitches are hybrid pitches where they've got um, artificial and grass, but uh, a concrete pitch, Carl? Uh, couldn't think of anything worse. Like I, <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows Luton's ground, how it's Shit. their away stand is literally in the middle of a road, um, a row of houses, and it is extremely funny. And if they do come up next season, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, when you go no, through that know, turnstile at the away end, you're literally walking underneath someone's bedroom. There's a house that yeah. goes like, over over the turnstile, isn't it? Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I'm so, I'm so sure the Premier League even allowed that because normally like, they do a ground test and say that's not good enough or that's not, I don't know what they do. But you know what? Like, it'll just be... Uh, fun if they do come up, I think it's just a different place. <laughs> or, uh, anyone who's looking on YouTube, you can see it, but it's just literally in the middle of two houses like the away stand to get into it. It's just, it's really weird. Like, and like I said, I'm quite sure that the Premier League have kind of um allowed it. And I think uh, Loki said it best, and I'm not taking back this back at all. Luton is a shithole. It is a fucking shithole. It absolutely <laughs> is. It's a horrible place. Um, but if Arsenal need to go there next season and collect three points, then so be it. Um, it'd just be, it'd be a good... I think it'd be a very good away day. Um, I honestly do. But, you know, it's something different, something new. Uh, bring it on. Can't wait for the championship playoff. Loki is put, Luton, what a dump. Twinned with Baghdad until Baghdad rejected them. If you aren't Baghdad, we're ever so sorry about that. The Middle East, go and have a look at the Middle East, Iran and places like that on YouTube. But Iran 1940s, the place was the place to go. It was a place, a beautiful place, until the English went there and fucking ruined everything. But there again, we won't talk about that. And I am English. I'm not claiming to be any other. Uh, so I'm allowed to moan at my own lot. I'll get rid of that one. Stan, you are our mate Gary. Uh, don't waste the tweet on Twitter. We all follow him, and Gary will be coming on this show as soon as I can arrange it because he's busy being a dad. He says, what player could have shined in the lineup and formation used today? Good luck. Uh, was anyone set up to succeed but failed with their performance? This could be a very short answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't see how anybody was really set up to succeed with with that lineup and formation and you know going in at half time and coming out and still back trying to battle on with it was very stubborn you know as we said earlier you know other managers would have made changes a lot sooner maybe even before half time not even have waited for the break you know to do it quietly boy tends probably been playing football manager and says he was wondering why his young players refused to go on loan there <laughs> <laughs> actually when on the way to Luton some of the villages on the outside of Luton are lovely because it's in in a lovely part of the country but Basically. like most yeah but like most other places in this country once you start getting to the uh, where everybody lives it's a shithole um you tell us I am partly Egyptian but I only claim to be English I don't even claim to be Irish unlike half of the Americans who all claim to be fucking Irish because their great 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 grandparents once went there um, oh, um, Aditya says Afghanistan before the invasion. 
Oh, I mean, I only recently watched. Um, oh, the Irish bloke with the English accent uh, went to the desert. What's it called? In the nineteen nineteen sixties. of Arabia. Oh my God! What a film! I've Pete always Rachel. avoided it. Yeah, it's uh, what a magnificent film. Um, yeah, I watched that recently. It was on. It's on BBC iPlayer. When I watched it, loved it. So good, I could watch it again. It's nearly four hours long. But is it uh, Omar Sharif in that as well? He is, and what a bloody good-looking bastard he was, Lady Killer. Uh, yes. Oh, there you go. Sinner is Iranian. Okay. Says here, thanks, Danny, a friend of mine, um, uh, Peggy. Pagurda was her name. We call her Peggy. Oh, Doris, come and say hello. She's Iranian, and she uh, left when it all went a little bit wonky, and she's often telling me she married my mate Barry, who was the bass guitarist in the band before they become Queen, and she often said how lovely it was. Hey, Dora, we're nearly done, darling. I have to, I have to pull my keyboard bit out so she can stand where the keyboard goes because she's, she's a bit moaning. Two more questions. Get on with it. Where's Steve? Hold on. Um, I need to go here, and I need to go here. And then I need to do this. No. Uh, how do you do it? Oh, I play it. Splendid business. No. Splendid business. No, it's not it. It should be get on with it. I need to edit that. Demsec says, Stan, um, which loanies do you keep or do you sell all of them? Actually, don't answer that, Stan. We're going to have a podcast where we're going to go through all the loanies. So I'll give you this one instead from Graham. Uh, was the season a one-off and... We've just punched above our weight. Context, Martinelli and Saka flying. Last-minute winners from bit players. Ramsdale, world-class, saves each match, etc. There is a part of me that wants to say that maybe we did overachieve. But if you look at the way that this season went for us, from, from day one, coming out of the gate, we've been at the top of the league for more than three quarters of it. It's not like we sort of like gradually scratched our way up, leapfrogged over a couple of teams, found our way into fifth place, kept going, got into third place and crept into first. And now we've dropped back down. We've been leading it all of the way. So, you know, it's very, that's not based on luck, is it? You know, you're earning that every week. It's not like a little bit of luck here and there. So it's, it's hard to say. It's, it's hard for me to call it. But I will say this, I have enjoyed it. And today is the only match this season where I've actually felt angry for the first time. Uh, true. Um, yes, Carl, any wise words? We've got 50 people watching. The highest point of the night, typical, we're about to go. If you are new, feel free. We had, we've not had, uh, when you go and have a look at your analytics on um, Social Blade, it only goes up and down by 10 for YouTube. So when you're Tom Canton, it's going up by hundreds every day. Ours hasn't gone up by 10 for two months. The other day, Carl, it went up by 10. Absolutely. On, on Wednesday, the 17th of May, it went up by 10. We're still only at 7,000-ish. But so if you are new and you do like it give, it, give it a thumbs up and a subscribe. Carl, any wise words before we leave? Yeah, look, we have to be proud of what the boys have done this season. We have Definitely. to. Definitely. Um, you know, don't let the last couple months forget about all the good performances that we had sort of before the World Cup and a little bit afterwards. Look, we've not lost um, to a team in London for the whole season. We've beaten Chelsea home and away. No matter how dire Chelsea are, we've beaten them home and away. Um, we've taken five, um, four points of Liverpool. That's more points we've taken of Liverpool in God knows how many seasons. Um, you know, we've 
we've done wonderful things this season. Um, we fell short. It's just one of those things we fell short. It hurts now because it's so raw. It hurts because we're going out without a little bit of a fight. But the boys will be back and we have to be up for the challenge. I mean, at the beginning of the season, remember, every single person, ne- no one thought we'd be where we are. And everyone uh-huh. said, everyone said, we want top four. We've achieved that. We've got top four. We've got second. We're now back into the Champions League. So let's enjoy that. I think, you know, have we overachieved a little bit? Like Stan said, maybe we have. Like, maybe uh, we have just a little bit. But um, for Arsenal at the moment, we've we've done great things this season. And hopefully we can continue to do that next season because... You know, Man City, like I said, they're a juggernaut. They are going to be where they are next season. They're going to improve. They're going to spend more money. And a lot of other teams have to try and compete with that. Um, It's going to be hard. But, you know, let's not not discount what the boys have done this season. They've been absolutely brilliant. It's just the ending of this story has not, worked out to what we want it to be but there's a new chapter next season um before we go carl are you going to the last game of the seasons against wolves uh i was going to but uh it's my birthday this week and i or next week i should say what day because it's famous on sunday it's mine on the 24th on, I don't know what day it is, Wednesday, Thursday, I can't remember, I don't know. Um, uh, it's going to be Wednesday. and it's, Yeah, so it's my birthday, um, Wednesday, so I was going to have a barbecue, uh, but I've seen the weather in London, and it looks shit, so I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I guarantee there'll be loads of fucking tickets going, and this is what's here. <laughs> this is going to be 15 grand. There's, there's, <laughs> no, I... Uh, there are people who bought a ticket for 15 grand. I'm just saying that you look stupid now, but there will be loads of tickets going. And do you know what? I want the Emirates to be absolutely full on the last game of the season. Send the boys off, congratulate them. Um, let's do everything right. So, um, thank you, Loki. Um, and also, we'll talk. Uh, don't care about Femi. Femi's Femi's a money man. You need to understand. Femi's the richest ABW member, and I thought I had money, but Femi's got more money than anyone knows what to do with. But I mean, we don't know um, how he's got any of it. No, um, just like Man City, uh, ill-gotten gains. That's all I'll we'll say. Like, Ill-gotten. there's a correlation between Femi and Man City, but we won't speak about it allegedly. No. Allegedly, because I don't want. Femi's got money. He might come after me with his uh, hundreds of lawyers. He still can't afford decent internet, though, will he? <gasps> Daniel, we can't say that. No, it's what it is because his house is so big. The internet yeah. route is in the West Wing. Yeah, he's when he puts <laughs> in the East Wing, so that's the problem. That's the problem. Like you know, the internet's not doesn't quite go from the East to the West Wing. So, oh well, look, I've had to put his picture up so he can defend himself. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look at his uh, looks. He probably gets it from uh, from charming people out of their money, like charming birds from the trees. No, I have to shut up. Him. It's difficult getting Wi-Fi when you live in a, a chateau on the top of a hill, a mountain side. In southern France. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Charles' uh, birthday on Monday. So, uh, yeah, can I take it if anyone won't be on the last game, uh, the last um, show of the season. No, he'll probably be on run. the season. Well, we we'll definitely get him on the season wrap-up. 
Yeah, um, we can, it probably might even be a two-parter like we did last time. It probably will be. Um, but um, yeah, it, do you know, yeah, I think um, we just have to we have to be thankful for what's happened this season because we could be put it this way. However bad you're feeling right now, always remember you could be a Tottenham supporter right now. And look what the shambles they are in. <laughs> no Europe for Spurs. <laughs> Any final wise words, Stan, before we leave? Uh, no, not really. Good. To be honest. <laughs> but I will say this very quickly. If anybody's uh, around in the UK at around about midnight, you might want to jump on and catch myself and some of the boys on the Fools Nelson Wrestling Podcast, where we're going to be watching WrestleMania 13. Oh, and if you can't sleep, we've got a few beers in the fridge. Come and watch us watch WrestleMania 13 tonight. And who got top billing um, for that? Because I've watched every WrestleMania ever. Isn't that a uh, Bret Hart? Isn't that bad Bret when Bret Hart was bad Bret and he hated everybody? Bad to the bone. He hated everybody. He hated every American. And I think it's the uh, I think the main event is him and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I oh, think it could well be be worth watching. But but like Carl said, or was it you? I can't remember because I was going there and finding it. There is the Premier League table, people. Arsenal are second. Right? Morally, Arsenal are champions and Spurs are eighth. And if Brentford beat them today 3-1, and if Brentford beat a win again and Spurs don't, then uh, Spurs could finish ninth. How good is that? That is an absolute thing. And you never know, Chelsea, Chelsea could still even finish uh, 13th. Lucky 13. So there you go, people. Um, I'm going to go and get rid of that banner because it's annoying me. And then I'm going to go and get rid of this because it's annoying me. And that's it. We are done. This show that I told Stan could well take between five and ten minutes. It's ended up <laughs> taking his best part of an hour and a half, Stan. Very sorry about that. Yeah. Carl, thank you very much for popping in last minute. You've been wonderful. Uh, no worries at all. Uh, Stan, you have been a delight also. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And also, uh, Carl, have a good one on Wednesday. And also to Femi, it's your birthday next week. I hope you have a good celebration out there as well. And also to Femi, um, I will give you Carl's details so you can send all of your lawyers around to go and do him in. Because (laughs) I don't agree with anything that Carl has said in this pod. And on on those wise words, we are going to go. And we're going to end it with the outro of... Um, out of Steve and Dave I think they're delighted this season so uh, there we go cheers everyone see you midweek when probably just me and Carl will turn up again because most of them can't be fucked goodbye as soon as I scored that goal I was fucking livid get down dog splendid business he nearly caught the bloody thing what are you talking about so I've just eaten a full quiche well you don't often see them at him so when you see them in the supermarket they need to be swagged microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on and bosh bob's your uncle never in doubt